0: Yo what's up everybody welcome back to the Baker Turtle podcast it's me Scott Baker And today is Friday, February 25th, and uh, we've got some things to talk about. Uh, Sorry, I I missed uh, an episode release on Monday, but, you know, I just... There's been a lot going on in the world right now, and um, I wasn't really sure what to talk about. Uh, There's a lot of things that I want to, you know, talk about, but... uh, It's hard to sit down and, and figure out what it is, and, you know, just the way my... Things are set up. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into that details of why I missed it, but I'm here today. I'm here to bring you uh, this episode, and today we're gonna be talking about what's going on. So, if you live under a rock, then uh, you probably don't know, but Russia has invaded Ukraine and um, basically is waging war against Ukraine, and we're kind of like in the middle of the be- right at the beginning and trying to figure out what the fuck are we gonna do. Um, also what happened between my last podcast and now is also the whole Canada situation. Um, but that has been, has gone through and also, you know, kind of ended since, but you know, there's still a lot to talk about. So I'm kind of covering those two things and, uh, and then, you know, it's wherever my mind will let me drift off to. But before we get into the episode, guys, please go ahead and follow, give a follow, give a like comment anything subscribe um rate review everywhere that you listen to podcasts like spotify and Castbox and apple podcasts and all that stuff and everything but um yeah so we're gonna take our first break here guys and like i said we're gonna get into what's been going on so maybe i can help break down why things are going the way they're going and kind of give a voice for both sides of things even though you know one side is in my opinion clearly like not doing things the right way but you know we'll get into that later but first up we've got mia with paper planes
1: On trains, every stop I get to clock at night game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Run a fight, hustler, I'm making my name.
0: All right, guys, that is Paper Planes. Uh, You know, that was a that was a hit back in the day when I was in school, middle school, high school area and a pretty famous song. But, you know, uh, I'm going to actually start with talking about the whole Canada situation because that happened first. And uh, I know a little bit more about that. And that's kind of, like I said, over a little bit over with. Um, But to start off, you know, last week and the week before that for a while. There was this freedom convoy, a trucker convoy. It was a bunch of truckers, uh, semi-truckers, you know, about a bunch of people who, you know, do the deliveries and goods and all that stuff. In Canada, they were basically protesting their government and uh, the mandates and everything. And I, I've listened to both sides. I listened to, you know, Trude- Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada and and his reasoning. And I've also listened to the actual, like, top people of uh, the Freedom Convoy, the the um, the leads, the the people in charge. And, and it's hard to put it like a title, like just those people who are kind of like um, are uh, coordinating everything and some of the leaders and anything. But I've I've come to the to the uh, conclusion that they're protesting the mandates. Um, they've said this explicitly and they want to get rid of the vaccine mandates for everyone the mask mandates as well for i guess truckers inside their trucks i guess they have to wear masks in the trucks um fact check me on that one but i'm pretty sure it's just mostly the vaccine mandates and then also one of the primary things was the they have this app that tracks their vaccine status so like a vaccine passport Um, by the way which is something that the some of the world leaders the government's Last year, we're saying that it's conspiracy theory that there's no no way they're going to be doing vaccine passports, and uh, getting the vaccine is in completely um, optional and and up to everyone, and there's no way they would mandate it because that's you know unethical and all that stuff. So. You know, they're kind of trying to find loopholes in different ways to mandate it by saying, you know, well, you can't work here if you don't have a vaccine. You can't work. And, you know, so it's like it's not really mandating it because you can still live in society. It's not like you're going to get arrested if you don't have the vaccine. But how are you going to make your money and how are you going to, you know, when it comes to schools, a lot of the stuff that helps you function in society, they're making uh, mandates for that. You have to show vaccine passports again, the restaurants and stuff like that. So it's like it's not a conspiracy anymore. Um, they're actually going through with it. And, um, you know, there's this whole World Economic Forum conspiracy was well, I mean, yeah, it's I guess I guess it's a conspiracy, but it's one it's a more credible one because the the guy that Kraus guy, I, I don't know how to say his name, the The main leader guy uh, of the World Economic Forum. He's this guy that has written a book called The Great Reset. And he's explicitly gone out and, and said what their agenda is and what their goals are. And, you know, this was back in like 2017, years ago. He's, you know, stating what their policies are, what they want. Um, you know, they have a website. You guys go check it out. Read The Great Reset by him. Uh go check out their website, the World Economic Forum. And he's explicitly said that, you know, they have a bunch of youth leaders, uh, people who are part of their I don't know, like their system, part of their their cult. I don't know, I don't wanna say cult, but I don't know what it is. It's like some it's like a group of people you know like uh who go to conferences they you know they um have meetings and they you know try to push their agenda uh on the onto the world and uh he said that he has embedded a lot of their members into the cabinets of governments around the world so you know it's i mean he's just outright just saying it and um and Justin Trudeau is, is one of these people. And some of the people in his cabinet are also a part of this World Economic Forum. And, you know, they talk about what their plans are and they want this um, universal passport thing. Um, they're trying to get the social credit thing that um, China kind of has where, you know, depending on like what goods you buy and, you know, you know, the whole like data collecting by um companies where they collect your data and have like this um this uh uh internet this you know this electronical profile electric electronic profile of you this you know and it's it's if you look at all the threads going on right now you know the whole metaverse thing and and um the esg scores and um and uh and they're also trying to get world banks to adopt their own um, centralized cryptocurrencies. And they're trying to get people on that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot of these things that they want to implement. And uh, I think this is part of, you know, the whole Great Reset that people are talking about. The Build Back Better. Um, some of the other people call it the New World Order. But, you know, the whole vaccine passports trying to get... Um, trying to get you know like a a profile of everybody and the spying and it's just you know there's a lot of threads to connect and it's just conspiratorial thinking and this podcast might be even labeled as misinformation but at this point i'm just speculating i'm just thinking i'm not saying that this is uh what is going on it's just you know think about it read on it and um you know there's uh oh uh, you know that that one um movie or documentary that came out on netflix a while ago the um it was the the social media one i forgot what it was called the social network is it no no that's not that's the um the facebook one um but you know the one where they're saying that they're collecting all your data and all that stuff and uh it's uh you know it's it's weird but anyways Back to the whole trucker thing they're they're protesting this stuff and it's huge it's huge one of the biggest in in uh, in uh, ever the biggest protests ever um, and from any videos and every anything that I've seen it's always been nothing but love and peaceful and and um, and like they're just you know they're um, being very charitable towards each other they're making food they're um, they are you know, people were donating to them to help with their gas and stuff. And they're just kind of like, you know, it's a convoy, they're like parked there. And it's just like a, a line of truckers. And I guess it's, you know, stagnating the economy. It's, you know, actually hurting them in the pockets where it hurts. And you know, this is this is what a protest is, right? A boycott, a protest, peaceful, nobody's getting hurt. There's no violence, nothing's getting burned. You know, it's completely different from the BLM protests that happened a couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's like, but, you know, Trudeau, the prime minister, he's labeling a lot of these this protests as Nazis and transphobic and misogynist. And he's just, this is something I've talked about many times on the podcast where they're just throwing labels out there. These ad hominem attacks just to so they can discredit the whole movement and not even have to listen to the arguments. He doesn't address any of their points doesn't address anything because you know it's exactly what people say why give a platform to nazis why even entertain what these people have to say that it's just you know they're plugging their ears sticking their head in the in the ground and saying la 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 la, la i'm not going to hear what you have to say because you're a nazi you're you're transphobic you're homophobic you're this and that and it's just like where's the evidence of this um there was that one picture of that one guy waving a nazi flag but it's but, you know, there's agent pro- provocateurs all I mean, I'm sure people have heard of this where, you know, they've talked they, you know, in America, they call these people like feds and stuff where it's like FBI agents who infiltrate peaceful protests to try to make them um, violent and aggressive so you can shut down the protests. Right. You know, this is this is what they did in the Occupy um, Occupy Wall Street protests. And um, where it's just like it's normally peaceful, people are peacefully protesting, but it's actually effective. And so um the fbi and cia and government and these people want they tell people you know this is not we don't want this to happen so let's let's disrupt it let's um let's break it up by sending our people in there to actually cause damage and there they have immunity like if they ever get caught then they show their credentials like hey i'm a fed And uh, they let them go. So there's a bunch of people who get arrested, but then they get let go because they're, you know, they're inside the the system. And uh, so I I wouldn't be too surprised. You always have to have that idea in your mind that, you know, there could be agent provocateurs, people who are intentionally trying to um, disrupt the protest and make it look violent when it's really not. So there was this one guy, but it was one. And if you look at all the other videos, it's just honestly it's like one of the most peaceful pro it's canadians guys it's there's like you know they're all about love and politeness and all that stuff and um there was like this GoFundMe um effort to to uh raise money for them and you could support and then that i guess um i guess that got compromised because they were saying that it's not it's a protest that's not um peaceful i don't i don't know what their reasoning was uh trudeau has his you know his his hypothesis and um because of that because gofundme did not feel like this protest was uh legitimate or peaceful or whatever that they think it was violent and all this stuff they actually were going to not distribute the the funds that were raised and donated they're not going to give it to the freedom convoys where it was donated to explicitly you know um and instead they said that they were going to actually um give it to charities of their choice and they're just going to distribute that money um but it's like that's illegal you like these people donated their money for this specific cause for a reason and so now people are saying you know get off of don't use GoFundMe. you know they're they're um captured and corrupted um, because they were going to take it and use it for what they wanted it to do even though that's not what the point of the donations are for so uh many people uh found out about that so they were like you know fuck this let's use a different like funding website and uh, i think it was like give send go or something like that it was like another gofundme type of thing and so they did a bunch of that but that database actually got hacked um, and so all the information all the identities of the people who donated and all their information was leaked and and um, and it was used by a bunch of journalists and people who had an agenda against this protest and even um, and even the Canadian government was using this hacked like illegally hacked, it's um, basically doxing people, um, and they're using that to actually go after them. You know, after a while, they implemented, um, I the tensions were getting high, and um, Trudeau actually invoked the Emergencies Act, uh, which is a pretty, pretty big deal. It's, uh, it's like, right under martial law, um, and it gave the government a lot of powers, uh, emergency use powers, and... Um there was no justification for it because like they've it's never been used before, um, from what I understand. And I guess they were saying it was because of uh the protest, I guess. Um, but it was peaceful. So it, it honestly I don't know what their justification was. Um they it's it's so like far removed from the truth that it's hard to think that it's real. Um so it's it's hard to explain like what their rationale rationality is like what what is their reasoning behind it, and the, they you know they just use to just throw whatever they can at the wall and see what sticks, and I guess it's this whole you know transphobia and Nazi and all this stuff, so they invoke the Emergencies Act so that. And then they basically labeled the area like a red zone. They ordered these truckers to go, to leave, um, but but it's it was it's very uh, contradictory because they they're trying to they're forcing them to leave, but then there are people are saying you know slash the slash the tires of the trucks, um, don't get them. they they prevented people from giving them gas, um, and the police like the. The police that, that that were used were blockading them, so it's like they're preventing them from leaving and then telling them to leave. So it was it's this weird, convoluted situation. But um, one of the biggest deals that I want to talk about about the Emergencies Act that was that was uh, invoked by Justin Trudeau was this whole idea that they can freeze bank accounts. They were freezing bank accounts of people who were part of the protest and even people who donated to the protest so because of the doxed information from that that was hacked of that website who, of people who donated there was a it was a list of people and it was even little donations of like 20 30 40 bucks uh that people donated and these people were being targeted and their bank accounts were being frozen so they their credit cards and everything they their credit was was um was destroyed and um yeah, they couldn't use their the money and then they were going after it and they were saying they were even saying that even um, even if you flee and you leave this protest, whatever, we're still going to come after you. So it's like, you know, they're, they're going after these people and it's just it's just straight up, in my opinion, like straight authoritarianism. Like it's 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 on the border of fascism because they're the government is is colluding with these corporations um. To try to control their citizens, and it's it's all fucked over there in Canada. Because like all over the world, people are lifting these mandates, and you know, starting to see. You know, after two years, you know, it's it's about time. You know, the vaccines have been out. People, if you want to get a vaccine, go get a vaccine. Um, we've learned through science that the masks don't work, um, and you know, just just following the timeline of how the whole mask thing. Uh, happened with um, with Fauci back way back in 2020 in February March January February March, he's talking first he's first he's saying oh you know he don't need masks they're not gonna do that much um, you know it, it's it's you know it's not really that necessary and in my opinion I think he was telling the truth at first he was saying you know it's you know masks aren't really gonna do much it's not not gonna make that big of an impact um, and then I think somebody talked to him and tried to tell him that you know no we want we're trying to mandate these masks we want to make these masks a thing it's uh, i don't know why um this was implemented because there was no there wasn't a lot of evidence to suggest that masks work but you know i guess it's the whole safe better safe than sorry kind of idea and okay fine But we learned later when emails were leaked from Fauci that at the same time this is happening, um, he's emailing his colleagues back and forth, telling them, you know, the masks don't work and it's fine. The only way, the only masks that work are the N95 ones. It's like the super heavy duty ones. Um, And anyways, so first he came out saying, you know, masks don't work to the public. But then flip-flopped, changed his idea and, you know, way he justified it by saying oh the science has changed and we're learning new information and this is um now that new information has come out we've changed our stance and now we do need masks and his explanation was that uh, why he said no we don't need them at first he admitted to basically lying he said you know i only said that because i was trying to make sure that the um the nurses and the doctors and the healthcare workers and the people who needed the most had access to it because they didn't want a whole bunch of people buying them out and there was no more supplies so he basically admitted that he lied on purpose that masks don't work so that there wouldn't be some crazy uh like panic to buy a whole bunch of masks so he can save them for the health workers but you know he just admitted to lying first of all and then it's like now there's no evidence so it's like what's really going on i don't this this Fauci guy um I don't like he's a liar facts uh he lied about the whole gain of function thing with well Rand Paul we know it's gain of function he may not call it gain of function but at this point we're just it's a uh semantics thing it's a um it's just by definition like if you get like what he whether he wants to call again a function or not what it was what they were doing they were taking existing viruses that did not infect humans but they were like you know there were viruses that infected uh animals and other things but they were trying using genome splicing and a bunch of you know uh experiments to try to splice in a gene that made it more susceptible for humans to contract it and um And I guess that doesn't fall under their definition of of gain-of-function. Gain-of-function, I guess, is to make it more deadly. But they didn't make it more deadly. They just made it so that humans can get um, infected by it, which they don't claim is gain-of-function. But, I mean, that's what was going on in the Wuhan lab over there in Wuhan. And... Just like you know, John Stewart said on the Stephen Colbert report, and you know, it's like, "Come on, like let's." And this is something I connected way, way back, back in 2020, April, and a bunch of people I was listening to it was like, it was making sense. But back then, it was conspiracy theory. People would call you racist. They would call you uh, xenophobic if you um, if you even suggested that. Oh, hey, this virus actually came out from the Wuhan lab. That's right there. And it's like, okay, first of all, there's this SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus that is found from that it infects people in wuhan it start originates in wuhan and it's a coronavirus they're just coincidentally just so happens to be a top high security level freaking uh um, bio lab that studied these exact coronaviruses in wuhan like what are the odds and so it's like at least look there at least you know have that as an option but if you even suggested that that is a hy- as a hypothesis, then you're labeled conspiracy theorists, and you know, and it just goes back to an, another my my point where it's just like if you're not saying what the people want, the 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 you know the deep state, you know these people uh, with uh, financial incentives who are trying, you know, the, from I mean, there's just a whole bunch. It's like you know, there's the WHO, the uh, WHO, like I said, and there's the CDC, there's the uh, W E F there's all these acronym organizations. They, they have their bottom lines. They, they know what they want and they they have these plans to try to get what they want. And if things enter, if things happen that fuck up their plan, they're going to try everything they can because they have a whole bunch of money to, to lobby, to pay people off, to, you know, use money, to convince people to do their bidding, to do their agenda, um, and, and you know, there's the whole NIH and the the other acronym, the N I A S or something like that. Like, uh, it's another thing that Fauci and this is this is the the organization that Fauci funded, which then funded the lab. So, um, you know, he he could be in big trouble, Fauci, um, if anybody holds him accountable. Which Rand Paul is trying to do, but you know, I guess he doesn't have enough support. Um, but you know, and then there's I think Duzak, um, I forgot his name, I think it's Duzak. Somebody um, was also part of this, I think it's the NIH or the other organization, can't remember which one the NIH or the NIACS something. Um, he's actually part of that organization, and he was also put in charge of investigating the whole uh, Wuhan lab leak theory, so it's obviously a conflict of interest, because they're the ones that funded it, so if he finds wrongdoing, then he's going to be held responsible, so he has a conflict of interest, he has a, um, the, uh, motivation to, he has, what? what's the word, um, yeah, like a motivation, he has a motive to f- not find the lab leak, uh, at fault, and, um, it would, you know, you go back to the paper trail to figure out who's responsible, and so obviously he was like, no, you know, it, there's no evidence for it. And then when when asked and grilled about like why, how, um, how do you know this? Like, what what's your evidence that it's not? He said that the people themselves at the labs said they didn't. So it's like, it's like it's the whole police investigating themselves and they find the no fault. You know, you know the whole when a, a police officer there's um, um, uh, there's aggression and there's you know p- police brutality and then there's complaints made and they're trying to file and try to sue and all this stuff and then there's an investigation they say they they uh they basically give the cop who's accused a vacation paid leave so they don't have to work but they still get paid for it um and they say you know they're on leave right now and until you know the investigation is done and then at the end of the investigation they're saying there's no wrongdoing done um our officers um, acted according to uh, protocol, and you know, no wrongdoing. It's basically the same thing. You know, this the same people who are are responsible uh, are investigating themselves, and they're like, no, we didn't do it. It's like, oh, the case closed. Let's look somewhere else, and they come up with this whole, you know, like, um, um, what was it, the wet market theory of the bat, of a bat being eaten or pangolin or some some weird thing and uh, many scientists are coming out saying no this the we look at the the dna sequencing of this virus um and or the rna sequencing because it's an mrna uh, an rna one um that they see that this is did not this doesn't look like it has any evidence that it evolved naturally it looks like it's been engineered um so you know that's ignored but um I'm trying to figure out how I got off on this tangent. But basically, you know, with the whole Canada situation, it doesn't make a lot of sense. With the whole mask, get rid of the masks, get rid of the um, vaccine mandates. You know, everybody, it's out there, available for anybody who wants it. And then, like I said, the big main thing is this passport thing. They have this app, and you have to, you know, upload your information on it, whether you're vaccinated or not, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one of the catalysts of starting this was that one of the organizers of the protests are saying that, like, um, that when there was like a check stop for like the truckers because the truckers had to be vaccinated and all this stuff, and they they have these checkpoints to check, um, that you know it's on an app on their phone, and when he when one of the guys approached the checkpoint, the guy just just um just let him through without checking his vaccine uh, status. And he was like wait what, what what's that about so he asked him and he said like, oh no you're good we um when you get within a certain like radius um your information comes to our um our database and we see it automatically so you don't have to stop we just we it comes up on our system and we see it because you're in the vicinity because of your phone and, and all this stuff so it's like wow like he put the do- the connected the dots together it's like wow they're like they're tracking like it's this is the whole this is the vaccine passport like they They'll have, they'll know within a certain radius on who, who is vaccinated and who's not vaccinated, um, and that does not fly. You know, have you ever seen that Black Mirror episode of the social credit system? And it's a numbers game. You know, people are gonna. It's just like our normal, like our credit score now. You know, we're trying to get our credit score so that we can buy a house, that we can, you know, get lower rates on, on loans, and, and whether you even, um, whether you even qualify for certain things because of your credit score. And it's just like that. In, that's going to be implemented even stronger, even more about every little thing. Like, you're going to monitor your data on the internet and check, like, oh, what are the things you buy? Like, what are some, I don't know, maybe some channels you subscribe to? What are some things you pay for? What are some, where, some places you go to? What are, you know, this or that? So, it's uh, it's all, like, they, they didn't want that, basically. So, and because of that they evoked the emergencies act and you know i was really outspoken about this on twitter and um it's just it's crazy that he's invoking the emergency act and freezing people's banks and it's just like this is down a really really bad path but um but now i'm just i'm finally finishing up this whole can canada situation but um so they they evoked the emergencies act but they need like parliament they need the senate they need all these other things to approve like little checks and balances they so it's good that they had that but they actually had i guess um trudeau tried to use some manipulation tactic i seen him say it um he was saying that basically if you do not support the emergencies act that you don't believe you don't have faith or you don't believe that the government can do its job or something like that it's like this weird like guilt trip of like oh if you don't if you don't support the emergency act then you then you don't have any faith in ourselves and it's just like whoa like there's there's a great leap between that you can have faith in the government and just say this is not worthy of an emergency maybe it's a too um too drastic of a a solution a, a decision to make and it's um, it's overreaching, overstepping. and you know when as we learned the nine eleven with u s and the Patriot Act and everything, you know when when uh, when there's overreach, when they have this justification, it's like for your safety quote, it's it's for your own good. it's for your safety. They'll justify all these um, overreaching me- uh, measures that violate our rights. And they're not temporary; they're they're permanent, and um, and it's just uh, a power grab for them to keep more power. and He wants to stay in power and have more control. And he's and Trudeau has has expressed his um, his admiration for China's dictatorship. He's he says it's great. He says it's a simple dictatorship. It allows for um, things to get done, and he likes. That there's a dictatorship because there's no opposition. And he can, like you said, get things done real quickly. And so it's like, what are you doing, man? But um, because, I guess, maybe because of his manipulation tactic, it actually passed through the parliament. So now it's like, oh, shit, like this whole emergency act is being approved by the government. But it had to go through the Senate. But actually, before the whole Senate situation, for some reason, he just... Uh, announced Trudeau announced that they're revoking the Emergency Act. Like they're saying, okay, the emergency is over. We're done. Uh, we don't need this anymore. So, um, but they did talk about how they want to keep some of the Emergency Act um, uses, like being able to freeze your bank account. They want these powers to stay permanent. They want to be able to monitor. They want to be able to, uh, uh, and you know, this is a whole. The whole uh, zeitgeist that's going around the whole um, idea that, you know, people are, are domestic terrorists now, you know, with the whole labeling misinformation and, and you know, how they're uh, we've been hearing that like uh, parents for uh, students at schools uh, at school board meetings, they're being labeled as domestic terrorists because they're um, aggressive in their speech. And this is why it's dangerous when you equate like speech as equals violence, you know, words violence. And so they're labeling misinformation as um, hate speech, not hate speech, um, misinformation as terrorism, um, as violence. And so if you have any misinformation, they can freeze your bank account. If you if you're saying the wrong thing, the wrong think, you know, 1984 lingo, wrong think, you can be punished for this. You're your ESG, your credit scores can go down. Like, there's a bunch of consequences and ramifications that you gotta like extrapolate. You gotta think, f- think further and think like, okay, if this happens, then what? Like, how could this be used? How, like, think about possibilities and all this stuff. And just because the person in power right now may not use it, maybe there's somebody who is a little bit more nefarious and would be more um, uh, power hungry who would use mm-hmm. these. Tools uh, at their at, for their advantage, so it's it's just very dangerous stuff. We should be very careful about granting the government more powers, and we should be restricting it more and more and more because um, it's kind of like it has. It's a hive mind, you know. The people, the individuals in within this organization, this government, this group, um, the individuals rotate in and out. You know, they they're they're in, they're out, but the structure itself the the like i said the hive mind it stays and there's like there's an agenda it's like it's it's weird it's like this uh it's like it becomes a living a living thing uh with its own uh with its own agenda with its own desires with its own you know and and this is what justified uh back in 2008 with the whole financial uh the housing um crisis and the um the the um, the stock um, collapse the you know all that stuff that happened back then uh, when they bailed out the banks and all this stuff, they said that or uh, companies are like people the citizens United, I think it was citizens United act or something to where like organizations can now donate money so, uh, groups and organizations can donate money because they're essentially the same as an individual, as, as a citizen. So it's like they're already equating the whole governments and uh, not governments, um, organizations, corporations, all these things as entities of with sovereignty, uh, with their own will. And um, it's just... Man, but i don't want to make this podcast too long so i'm just going to try to cap it cap the whole canadian situation there so uh, i'm trying to keep an eye on canada for now see how things going but um and then now we're going to get into the whole russia situation but before we do that we're going to take our first break this has been a long uh talk right now before our first break it's been like 30 something minutes but um Yeah, we're going to get into our next break. Our next song is Stand Up by Flowbots. So let's give it up.
2: Stand up. We shall not be moved. Except by a child with no socks and shoes If you got more to give then you've got to prove Put your hands up and I'll copy you Stand up, we shall not be moved Except by a woman dying from a loss of food If you got more to give then you've got to prove Put your hands up and I'll copy you We still don't understand Thunder and lightning flash back To when we didn't fund the damn. Didn't fund the damn levy, no wonder man Now a whole damn city's torn asunder man Underwater but we still don't understand We see hurricanes Gain spills overrun the land Through gaps you couldn't fill with a hundred tons of sand No, we still don't understand We've seen planes in the windows of buildings Crumbled in We've seen flames in the chills to London And we've set planes to kill them And some of them are children But still we crumble in the building Underfunded, but we still don't understand Under God, but we kill like the son of Sam But if you feel like I feel about the son of man We will overcome So stand up We shall not be moved Except by a child With no socks and shoes. If you've got more to give, then you've got to prove. Put your hands up and I'll copy you. Stand up. up. We shall not be moved. Except by a woman dying from a loss of food. If you've got more to give, then you've got to prove. Put your hands up and I'll copy you. I said put your hands up and I'll copy you. Put your hands up and I'll copy you. If you've got more to give, then you've got to prove. Put your hands up and I'll copy you. We shall not be moved, except by a child with no socks and shoes. Except by a woman dying from a loss of food. Except by a freedom fighter bleeding on a cross for you. We shall not be moved, except by a system that's rotten through. Neglecting the victims and ordering the cops to shoot high treason. Now we need a prosecute. So stand up. stand up. We shall not be moved, and we won't fight a war more fossil fuel. Of times like this, you wanna plot a coup. Put your hands up, and I'll copy you. Stand up. We shall not be moved Unless we're taking around. We have not pursued So if you've got a dream And a lot to do Put your hands up And I'll copy you I said put your
0: hands up And I'll copy you Put your hands up And I'll copy you Alright, that's Stand Up by Flowbots I like Flowbots They're uh, pretty chill, pretty cool Last time I played by them was uh Handlebars That was a good one uh, But, like I said So I'm not gonna uh, get I'm not gonna talk about the can- Canada situation to Again to the end um but now we're gonna get into what the hell is going on with russia and ukraine so as this whole canada situation started and happened um you know there was talk about you know russia could be trying to make a move on ukraine i was hearing these you know these whispers of like uh warnings that you know hey you know let's keep an eye on russia russia seems to be getting aggressive you know what the hell is russia doing and so russia was like you know making military options they were moving um they were getting close to the border they were doing a bunch of stuff that was like okay why are they doing this why are they ramping up their military in that area what is, and um uh, and it's, it's hard to talk about where this all starts so it, it kind of starts with uh, the whole cold war situation when we had um you know soviet russia And we had communism, communist Russia, and, you know, their satellite states, and then the Berlin Wall, and um, we had, you know, capitalism, we had NATO, um, you know, NATO, the North Atlantic trade, let me look up the, I don't want to sound ignorant, (laughs) even though, since since the fact that I don't know means that um, I'm ignorant, but what is... N-A-T-O Stand for NATO North Atlantic What is it? The North Atlantic Treaty Organization um, It's an intergovernmental military alliance Between 27 European countries Two, Ameri- two North American countries And one Eurasian country uh, So yeah It's like a It's like a united force uh, For peace a treaty So it's got Canada United States uh, Greenland It's got like uh, UK UK most of europe like italy spain france germany um turkey it's got i think it's got like norway or something or sweden can't remember which one it was um you know iceland all that stuff so it's a bunch of like countries that are together that's a military alliance basically um and you know if you know your history that yeah, this is kind of what started world war one right you know one country gets into a war versus another and so they'll say hey you know we are an alliance so back me up and because that they join the war then it's just like oh hey if you're joining the war then we're going to be joining the war and it's just like because of all these alliances all these you know treaties of people saying hey if ever anything ever happens to your country we'll back you up um and this is just it's a domino effect so it's, it's pretty dangerous so I'm, I'm just gonna uh real quick go through who are members of the nato which is albania there's 30 states 30 countries i guess albania uh belgium bulgaria canada croatia czech republic denmark estonia france germany greece hungary iceland italy latvia lithuania lithuania luxembourg montenegro netherlands north Mac- macedonia uh, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Turkey, United Kingdom, and United States. So, yeah, it's basically it was formed to kind of like combat the uh, Soviet Russian, the Eastern Europeans, to try to uh, you know make sure that we have some some support over there because of the whole Cold War situation. They're getting nukes, we're getting nukes. Like, hey, you know, we need to kind of team up if something happens. So. And because of that, you know Russia is doesn't like NATO, and I guess United States was flirting with Ukraine joining NATO. And Ukraine, if you know your geography, Ukraine is right um, under Russia, right? Uh, the southern border of Russia, um, which is near like Turkey. It's by the by the um, what's that sea called? Is that the Black Sea? uh i have to look it up real quick i'm trying to make sure i'm a little at least accurate here with the was it it's not the balt isn't the baltic sea uh what sea is it it's let's see let's go look on the map you know google maps it is the black sea i was right the first time awesome so you know there's um there's uh crimea but ukraine is right there unlike the the south southern western border um by romania and poland and all that stuff so and so that's one aspect of this whole situation. The whole NATO thing. Uh, United States, I guess, Bill Clinton back in 99 or something tried to get Ukraine to join. Um, that did not bode well with Russia at the time. And um, I guess it just, just the fact that, because it's not joining either side. So it's like trying to figure out like, well, what's Ukraine? Like you're right, you're in between Russia and Europe. Like what do you, What side are you picking? And russia doesn't like that so you know that's one aspect another aspect is putin himself so vladimir putin the um the guy what is his title i don't know czar or something but he's always been uh he's part of the kgb right he the kremlin he's he's um he's uh always wanted to bring russia back to its former glory of the soviet russia they want you know the, the republic of russia he always felt like the dissolution of the ussr was one of the worst tragedies in um in history so he's trying to you know bring back its glory he's talked about that and um he's uh and he, he's getting older you know he's up there he's he doesn't have much time left he's like in his 60s 70s um trying to hold on to power trying to make a power move and so he's you know that's one aspect Putin trying to bring russia back to its former glory and then another aspect being the whole trump biden situation um when trump was in office you know a lot of people were saying that he was putin's puppet and the whole russian collusion thing turned out was was a hoax it was fake you guys can check that out the dossier the the steel dossier uh it was like it was colluded by the you know um the Democrats, uh, Hillary spied on Trump to try to find uh, any uh, Russia collusion, which is illegal. It's basically what Nixon did, Watergate. She basically pulled a Watergate on Trump. Um, and you know, the whole what was it? Uh, what was his name? I don't know, it was like the head of the FBI guy, the head, uh, head of the CIA. Um let me look it up. Former head of FBI, I think. Let's see what was it. Uh yeah, James Comey. There he is. James Comey, um you know, investigating Trump and like all this stuff and hey, I mean I mean this is not the podcast for me to take a deep dive on the whole Trump and Russia thing, but I I urge you guys to, you know, look on all sides to figure out what what that's about but i guess you know while trump was in office russia didn't really do much um and you know some claim that putin wouldn't do anything while trump was in office he and i've and even trump said that if you invade ukraine while i'm president i'm gonna bomb uh moscow basically like you know made these threats and it's just like he was he was the, he was a strong man, you know, put on a strong face. He was a he was a symbol of, um, you know, the strong man in America or whatever. But then, you know, they were talking about they try to impeach him because he something about him with withholding um, aid and funds to Ukraine uh, with like blackmail, like saying that unless you do this, I'm not going to give you the aid. Um, but if you look into like the nuance of it, I guess there was like some corruption going on um, about Biden and saying to look into the whole um, Hunter Biden situation, because I guess um, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was colluding with some some people in Ukraine and and then also even China and saying that um, that there is, you know, there, he's doing some bidding for his dad and like funds and corruption all that stuff so i don't know i'm not an expert on that situation itself but i do know that uh trump was saying that there was some corruption going on and that's he wanted somebody to look into that um and kind of waved waved the aid over his head kind of like a. it is a little bit like blackmail i guess you can say i don't know but it's more of like you know hey i'm giving you this money to help you out can you do me a favor i'm doing you a favor can you do me a favor scratch my back scratch your back um but i I don't know if that's illegal or not but it turns out you know trump did um he got impeached but not but not by the senate i guess by the house of representatives it has to go through like two two situations so he didn't fully get impeached or maybe he did i I can't remember i I need to look into more about how the government works but i know he did get impeached but he didn't get removed from office It was weird, but um, I guess I also tried to impeach him again uh, for the January 6th insurrection incident that happened. Um, But that's that's besides the point. Anyway, so, you know, that's that's the whole Trump Putin situation. Um, Maybe Putin was a little bit more apprehensive of Trump because Trump's a little crazy. He doesn't know how Trump would act. Um, Maybe they had a little bit more friendly situation. And uh, but regardless, is that um russia i i guess russia has invaded countries for the past like decades and um but he did not under trump so that's interesting but i guess now that biden is in office and and then this goes into the whole corruption thing but before the election before uh biden was elected president there was like right before there was the leak of hayden's uh hayden's hunter biden's laptop so his son um i guess he had left it at some computer repair shop um either forgot about it or just like just they don't care for it left it there and i guess there's like some a period of time to where after a period of time you kind of release that uh device to them and it no longer belongs to you like you just like if you just leave something there for years you know you just kind of left it and it's not yours anymore um, and so because of that, they were able to get into their lap to into the laptop and um, uncovered a bunch of stuff, um, leaked, leaked a bunch of what was going on in there. And it turns out that, you know, there was a lot of collusion with China. He was uh, doing deals with China and I guess shared a bank account with his dad. And it was like it was a bunch of fishy shit saying that, like, you know, there could be a lot of um, um, corruption going on here with Hunter. Biden involving his dad with China and all that stuff. So, um, but they're also with Ukraine as well. I guess he was like part of this oil company. He was like on the board of something. I know I'm I'm, I'm saying a lot of vague stuff, but it's because I'm trying to get to a a, a a different point. Like if if I was talking about this whole corruption thing, I would have looked more into that. Um, but I'm not just talking about that. I'm just trying to breeze through some some points here that you guys whoever's listening you guys look into it yourself look into it these are things you might not have ever even heard of before um maybe because the mainstream media doesn't want this to be talked about but check it out look into it uh figure it out yourself but i'm just i'm just pointing to reasons why this has happened and um and because Biden is now in office, he's a weak man. In, in, in contrast to Trump, he's um, he's not a strong man at all. So, and you know, he's cognitively, you know, compromised, and you know, he's not all there. I, you know, it's hard to think that Biden is running running the show, if anything. And so, it's a lot of, in my opinion, incompetent people right now running this country, and this country is weak right now. And so i think because of that russia and putin found that this is the perfect opportunity to get what they want and um and like i said earlier it was first started off as saying that you know russia was just buffing up its military presence in the area going to the border you know doing some military operations down there and and um and he also justified by saying that they are neo... Putin uh, said that there are neo-Nazis over there in the, in the region. And they're talking about just a small, very specific small region in the eastern Ukrainian border. Um, they say there's some separa- separatists there, some uh, violent people, um, extremists. And they say that they're trying to, uh, you know, put some military presence down there to help quell the situation. And, it, it, you know, he's using rhetoric and using... Um, excuses and reasons that it's 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 borderline like acceptable it's like okay i guess you know that makes sense why you would want to do that and do that but but i think it was wednesday tuesday or wednesday the 23rd i think 22nd i think it was the 22nd uh he just kind of did a full-scale invasion um and it's not just the eastern part that he was talking about it's even on the west side um you know on the southern side where the ports are um you know the, the capital it's just all over if you look at a map of all of the, the airstrikes that have happened it's it's all over the country and it's just it's no question about it now that russia is trying to gain ukraine and and this again ties into putin's idea of bringing the former glory of russia back and he thought it was a mistake he he thought what lenin did back way back a 100 years ago splitting up russia into these small other states like uh you know latvia and lithuania and and ukraine all these all these um countries that emerged from it who used to be part of russia he putin thought that was a mistake so and it only makes sense that putin is just trying to um gain all that land back and obviously another thing is that russia's economy roll runs mostly on oil and gas and so um ukraine has has some of that and they want that and so it's a it's a power grab they're trying to take it they're trying to take over the country they're but they're using an excuse as that you know the 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 government is corrupt that the that they have neo-nazis there that they're um separatist extremists and uh they're gonna go over there and 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 you know liberate them i guess um and so you know right now if you guys look all over social media on you know instagram feeds and tiktok lives and all these things you see all the destruction that's going on right now in ukraine and it's sad it's terrible but and and some people are saying you know world war three is starting and it it all depends on how all the other uh countries react and so because of this you know sanctions are being held on russia they're not going to be trade with them Uh, a bunch of uh the nato nations a bunch of people a bunch of countries in europe have denounced this and they're not going to be trading with them anymore. There was a pipeline, the Nordstrom Nordstrom Two um, uh, pipeline from Germany to Russia, which was going to be built to provide Russia and with some oil and stuff. Is that has been canceled. Um, so, and Putin has put his country, Russia, into quite the predicament because uh, now it's Russia is public enemy number one to the world like nobody there's no way to justify this like even people who were giving russia the benefit of the doubt saying that oh you know like it's it's just this area it's fine they're just trying to help you know peacekeeping activities and you know giving excuses to russia having the benefit of the doubt they were doing that now at this point there's there's no excuse for taking over the whole country no excuse for bombing uh no excuse for the military presence that they have and uh it's like I said, they're, they're public enemy number one right now. But the big problem is that um, Putin and Russia is looking to have China and and Xi um, Jinping, I think that's his name, Xi Xi, you know, however you pronounce it, Xi Xi. I think she, so Xi from China, you know, just trying to get them to ally with them. So if China and Russia team up wow we're, we're pretty fucked and then you know this this is the implications for uh perhaps this is a test um that china is seeing china has his eyes it's watching very carefully on how the world reacts to russia claiming ukraine and you know if we're looking at this whole uh um the whole idea of a country uh reclaiming Previously owned land to re- to restore its former glory in Russia and Ukraine, then you, you can you gotta extrapolate and think about that with China. And China has for, forever, uh, for well not forever obviously, but for the longest, has been wanting to get Taiwan. But because the U.S. backs United States backs Taiwan, uh, with its naval support, and we have like naval superiority, and you know um, even uh, our air force and all this stuff, uh, China has not made its move on taiwan um and china won't even recognize taiwan as its own uh sovereign nation it 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 it, it, it um considers it part of china and they don't want it i mean it, it's an embarrassment it, to have taiwan right there um because it was the you know when i i urge you guys to look into your chinese history the civil war in the 50s and 60s the cultural revolution the rise of mao zedong uh, look into that, and you'll you'll see that like you know it was the government. It was a coup. Um, Mao took over the communists, the CCP, um, and they took over. And the the ones who were in charge, who were taken over, they fled and um, they left. They fled uh, China to Taiwan. So um, the people in Taiwan, there they claim that they're the true uh, Chinese people. The and in that, that the uh, that the CCP in China are illegitimate. Uh, they took over as a coup and in, in a bloody, violent revolution. And um, so, if Ch- if China can take over Taiwan, then that's just that's it for China. Like that, they have everything they they want and need. You know, and the whole you know, a couple years ago before covid you know the whole hong kong protest that was huge
1: huge
0: there was millions and millions of people because you know hong kong is a little bit sovereign uh itself and they want they don't want they didn't want uh, people to be extradited to china for their crimes because it was separate but you know ever since the covid came out and what a coincidence that right when the hong kong protests were at its peak that uh, coronavirus in wuhan gets leaked to the whole world and now you know all these uh overreach of powers and governments and monitoring and surveillance and all this stuff ramps up the whole world i don't know it's just quite a coincidence i'm not going to say it's a conspiracy i'm not going to say that china unleashed the covid19 on purpose to throw a monkey wrench into the gears of the world and i'm not going to say that that's 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 a conspiracy but it's just quite a coincidence that it just turned out perfectly fine for China now. Like Hong Kong protesters are no more. Hong Kong is pretty much done. Um, and now, you know, now we got to look at Taiwan because the whole situation with Russia and um, and, the, and the ramifications of that. And it's like it's there's going to be ripple effects. And if you've studied history, if you studied World War One, if you study World War Two, If you study the cold war you you can kind of see patterns you can see you can kind of uh extrapolate into the future a little bit and a little bit predict what's what might happen um but this this whole thing with russia invading it's a huge mistake because um because now it is public enemy number one putin has put all his eggs in its backs its its basket of it thinks it can be a self-sufficient self-sustaining sovereign nation russia without trade with a bunch of the other nations so you know good luck to russia i'm sorry you know the people of russia are probably going to suffer there's going to be some food shortages uh some energy shortages you know with oil gas and all that stuff and um you know that's that's one of the biggest things is that if if you listen to people who talk about the world wars and world war one and world war two and they talk about like what were some of the key factors in and how and who won and why they why did the allies win why did the um you know why did they why did they win the war and it had a lot to do with the fact that they hadn't had a lot of oil they had a lot more supplies they had a lot more um energy uh to do to um to do it you know that food and 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 also it wasn't uh necessarily on um on their territory but You know uh if if russia needs to um find a way to make sure that it's energy it it can be self-sufficient energy wise and i don't know if it can you know and and um a smart quote that napoleon bonaparte has said back back in the day was don't interrupt your enemies when they're making a mistake so uh at this point we're just going to wait and see what russia is going to do um um you know and 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 when it comes to both sides and what's the argument what's the justification what what's russia justification in going into russia a lot of people who are defending russia invading ukraine are saying that ukraine is corrupt it's full of you know extremists and that it would actually be better if it was um taken over by russia that they think russia is better and would actually help out ukrainians and um I don't. Know, I guess that's their justification. But you know, when it comes to foreign affairs and foreign policy, um, di- diplomacy, and all that stuff, like it's hard to to, to figure out what is the right uh, approach. Because when it came to World War Two and Nazi Germany, you know, the the at first the approach was appeasement. It was just like, okay, uh, all right um hitler will will let you have this part but that's it no more if you invade this then you know that's going too far and so it's like it's like inch by inch it's like um and then you know eventually he's like he did that a couple of times where he's able to, to gain more land more territory invade more countries and then all he got was like a little slap on the wrist and says don't do that again slap on the wrist don't do that again and then eventually Hitler in Germany just kind of like said, fuck it, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. We want to take over the whole world. And what are you going to do? You're gonna, we, you're not going to stop us. So let's be careful not to let that happen with Russia. You know, like, we are we going to just be like, all right, Russia, you can have Ukraine. but That's it. No more. Slap on the wrist. It's like, what are we going to do about this whole Ukraine situation? Um, I mean, we definitely don't want to be starting a world war. And, he, and Putin explicitly made a threat. He said, if any outside foreign countries, nations attempt to interfere with what he's doing in ukraine they're gonna face consequences that they've never seen before so it's a big threat um so he's basically threatening war to anybody who interferes with what they're doing and so it's like are you the type of person that says you know let's stay out of everybody else's business america united states should not be the world police we should not be the ones to to um yeah police the world and and all that stuff and let let them take care of it and all that stuff or or is it going to be a situation like hitler back in the day where uh, we stay out of it try to stay out of it but they just get stronger they get stronger they get more they gain more and they do more um uh, crimes against humanity more war crimes more this and that until eventually where it's just like it, at this point it's too much but i mean if you think about it like what's going on with north korea if that's not enough to, to wage war against north korea because that's definitely crimes against humanity um same with China. They're, I mean, but China's all like locked down and and it's hard to get information in and out of China. So it's hard to tell, you know, with the whole Uyghur Muslim situation. Like, it's that's, it, I guess that wasn't, that's not enough to go to war against China. So what would be, what would be the threshold for uh, going to war with Russia? What, what, what has to happen before people say, okay, that's, that's, that's the final straw. That's the, that's the line. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, where, where is this going to go? Where does this end up? Um, and it's just it's crazy. And, I, and a lot of what I think about what a lot of how I interpret things and not interpret, but just kind of like view the world is, um, as many of you know, I'm obsessed with One Piece. So um, and the author, Oda, uh, the, the mangaka the, who writes it, Ichiro Oda, he he talks about um, a lot of political things in his in One Piece and his um his philosophy about things and even in questions that he's he's he answers questions from readers and um one of the one of the questions asked because okay it's, it's, i have to get into this a little brief but some questions are pretty dumb that readers will ask him and one of the questions that was asked was about the characters of you know the straw hats the the main characters uh what goes on through their heads you know like the main character luffy he's thinking about meat 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 and you know pirate king adventures uh thinking about swords and and boo and alcohol uh sanji's thinking about girls 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 and food and and stuff so you know there's a bunch of different things that the characters are thinking about all the time in their heads and so because that question was asked um a second reader asked the same question but for oda so what is it that oda thinks about all the time and oda answered that by saying that he thinks about more than anything in the is world peace and you would think that if he's you know his magnus magnum opus uh, the one piece the the greatest piece of work that he's ever going to do his uh, his masterpiece um and his whole purpose in in this world you know over thousands of chapters of this one piece you would think that he's he would try to um he would try to do what he can to help bring about world peace right in his uh in his in his work so if you look if you read the story one piece you see all the different philosophies all the different ways that Oda has 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 shown how peace can be attained and um and I like it. I agree with it. I think it will, would work. Um, and it basically comes with like honesty and love, um, and just fighting for what is right. Like there's, there's no, no hesitation, just, um, bullheaded stubbornness of the good and the truth. And if people get in your way, they get in your way because, you know, people are suffering and, and when people suffer, then, you know, you can't, you can't enjoy yourself you can't go on adventures you can't have parties you can't smile and laugh um and that's what life is about life is about joy and life is about happy life is about you know living your life to the fullest and going on adventures and and chasing your dreams and and you know one of the the most famous lines in one piece is you know people's dreams never end ever um and you know that's what this life is about dreaming big going on adventures and having fun with with you know overcoming trauma and and all that stuff so um i i tried to to use p- things from one piece to try to bring into this world to try to see what are some solutions what are some ways and it's just like you know sometimes there are things that we can't do from the outside but it's just like if if there's some way you know we can affect the people who are who are doing the atrocities like um to help defend the the people the victims um and ultimately i think i think this this gets solved from a russian point of view like the the citizens of russia they got to stand up they have to they can't repeat what happened in soviet russia where you know the gulag archipelago with um alexander Solzhenitsyn, and saying that you know the way it got to that point was you know everybody told a little lie to themselves more and more and it's just it's the line of good and evil runs through every human heart and uh so you know russians have to take a, a good long look in the mirror and decide like what what kind of world do they want to live in and good luck to everybody but anyways that's the whole um russian situation right now uh with russia ukraine and possible world war who knows we'll see we got to wait and see um but we're gonna take our final break here guys before i wrap it up and uh give my final thoughts but um yeah, so we're gonna I'm gonna play Zimbabwe by Bob Marley and the Whalers
1: Everyone got the right to decide it. Struggle because that's the only way we can overcome a little trouble. brother you're-
0: know bob marley and we can't we we all got to go listen to bob marley and, and figure out what is it that we got to do you know um he talks about you know every every man's got a right to decide his own destiny and that's it you know we're all sovereign we're all um we're all made in the image of god as they say um we're sovereign we have we have a right over our our own life uh we have the god-given right of of you know life liberty and pursuit of happiness so um and he talks about you know so in arm in arms we with arms we'll fight this little struggle so you know we can't do this alone we have to um we have to team up with everybody we have to come together and and find some peace because you know i'm against war i I, i'm you know i condemn war war is not the answer you know like in 1984 they say war is peace freedom is slavery, you know, all these oxymorons, all these contradictions, and it's, 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 it's pathological, it's um, destructive, and there, there should be no place in, in the world for this kind of struggle, and this kind of evil in the world, so, you know, whatever Putin is doing and whatever midlife crisis he's going through that he's he feels like this is his last chance to bring Russia back to its glory he wants to be great and and all that stuff like it's it is uh this is on his shoulders this will be Putin's legacy and you know god forgive forgive everyone so yeah, the whole Canada situation, the whole Russia Ukraine situation, this ever since COVID, it's just been a steep downhill trajectory of, of everything it's it's as someone who is low in neuroticism and and pretty optimistic, it's is this is a pretty bleak time, but I think what gives me hope is the fact is is this whole technology thing is love is being able to get all of our points of views out there and out and just the uh, yesterday i was watching you know some of the live feeds of what was going on in ukraine and i was just thinking like how how amazing of a time that we live in to where just your average person average joe any anybody any citizen even somebody in war-torn ukraine uh can just live stream war right now like this is the age of social media like this is the first time in history where war can be live streamed like this and um, it's gonna be crazy like to to me, it's just a matter of time. It's just like eyes glued to social media to see like what is going on over there and like and obviously there's people with agendas, and obviously there's people who who want you to believe a certain way of thinking and to believe this and believe that and to justify this and excuse that and and so you, you gotta keep your eyes open, pay attention, listen, and you know, and uh and judge for yourself um but you know let's not be naive let's not be uh cynical and um we just got to spread love and peace and harmony and everything so it's, just a, it's a heavy one guys but you know that's that's where this is going to end guys uh thank you all for listening to this this is a important episode um and i i hope you guys are safe out there. I hope you're not too pessimistic and cynical. You know, I hope this is a inspiration to spread love and peace and love your enemy. And just practice the teachings of Jesus, I guess, um, or whoever you deem to be peaceful, you know, whether it's Gandhi or, um, like I said, Jesus or just or anybody that you admire as a peacekeeper you know now is the time to to be f- following what we believe to be right and uh with that i'm gonna sign off guys so thank you again thanks for listening you guys can listen to me bake a turtle everywhere that you can find podcasts i'm on social media bake a turtle 17 and until next time guys take care and i'm gonna end it off here with um never shout never with harmony
1: you see, apathy, lies between, we could live in such harmony, and I, I am praying for the day, when you and I and he and she are we, when you and I and he and she are we, humanity will sing harmony. So trade your guns and fight with us. We fight for love and peace. will find us with harmony. And I, I, I am praying for the day when you and I here.